Thank you once again for joining us here for another episode of Available on Kickstarter. I want to explain again what these episodes are all about. We have been seeing a lot of great Kickstarter projects that do not always fall in the category of horror, but we still want to highlight them. That's why these episodes are being made. This is going to be a new sub-show called Available on Kickstarter. We're not going to be limiting these to Kickstarter projects only, but since most of the projects seem to come from there, we are going to go ahead and name it that for now. If you would like to see your project featured in one of these episodes or in the blog, write to us at nerdsftc at gmail.com, or you can also use the Contact Us page or Messenger app on our website, nerdsftc.com. This week, we have two interviews. We had some technical issues with our first call, and we had to go to our backup recording plan, but it was still a lot of fun. It's always a great time to have uh, Casey Boker on the on the show. Casey Boker and Chris Walk join us to talk about their upcoming project, Pursuit of Plastic, a new comic coming to Kickstarter that is described as Star Wars meets Toy Story. I'll be back with you once this interview is over, and we can transition to the next one. This is what? Probably number five? Uh, Casey? I think it's four or five. Four, yeah. Five. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today, Casey? Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Happy to be in the crypt again. <laughs> <laughs> Joining Casey is Chris. How are you doing today, Chris? Great. Great. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for waking up so early. Yeah, you got it. I got a full day ahead of me, uh, so it's a good way to get started. <laughs> With that being said, what are we talking about, Casey? We're talking about our new comic uh, that Chris and I wrote called Pursuit of Plastic. Um, which, you know, I, I've talked about in Fairy and, and Hollowed on here, and they are more uh, horror-related um, and a little bit more that kind of world, um, whereas this new one, Pursuit of Plastic, is it's pretty, like, family-friendly adventure, <laughs> a little bit of, like, a a Star Wars meets a Toy Story, in a way, <laughs> so... <laughs> Lot, lot different than the uh, the other offerings from Defat Comics. <laughs> and actually, I think the first time you were on that you had dropped that you were you were thinking about doing this this uh, series. Yeah, it's definitely been in the works. Chris and I, man, I think about two years ago. I think is when we mm-hmm. came up with the idea. We wrote like an initial draft of the script, and then you know I had a baby. Chris moved to Fire Central, and like, <laughs> we we did put out some comics since then. But yeah, um, it has been a long time coming, and that's why we were super excited for it to drop on uh, the twenty fourth of September. You said it was Toy Story meets Star Wars, and well, yeah, what would you say, Chris? <laughs> and more. Uh, so, so it's really oh. driven. Yeah, it's driven by our passion of uh, toy collecting. Uh, so Casey and I have been big toy enthusiasts uh, since since we were kids. Uh, we've been friends since early middle school. Uh, so it's almost thirty uh, years, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a long time. It's been a lot of different evolutions of toys and action figures through that time. So um, you know, it's collectibles are a big thing these days uh and i'm always one to say that there's a there's something out there for everybody now these days it's such a big pop culture boom um so yeah we we want to bring that love and 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 passion and and fandom kind of to to the funny books and uh this is kind of a more or less a i, I keep calling it a passion project yeah a love letter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you had this as a Oh, YouTube show, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm for, to remember that correctly. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah. We've we've used the name Pursuit of Plastic for a while, like because like so Chris and I run that website. Don't forget towel dot com, uh-huh. and um, we would talk about toy hunting, and we actually kind of had a a podcast offshoot of that, and we called it Pursuit of Plastic because it just made sense, and then. We had there was like a DC uh, DC Universe streaming service um, was accepting like new shows and you could pitch um, your show to them. 
So we shot like a Batman toy episode and we were like, well, we already have this cool name. Let's call that pursuit of plastic and put it out on YouTube. And then, you know, with the comic again, it was like, well, it was, we're not creative with our names. So let's just keep going <laughs> with this branding branding. It's branding. Yeah. Well, you, you can always end up putting yourself in the, in the comic and just say it's a crossover into the comic, you know? Yeah. We actually are the stars of the yeah. comic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it, is it oh actually Casey and Chris? Or yeah, that's a... <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. This is this is a semi autobiography in a it way. It kind of is. Yeah. I, I, it's like I'm you guys totally are doing the. Also totally out. <laughs> I don't even know if I if I like this or not. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it like? You guys are are uh, podcasting, and then all of a sudden you get shrunk down into the toy set, or something like that. <laughs> No, much more epic. Much. Oh. <laughs> oh, it, it's not like Honey, I Shrunk the Nerds. You're giving us ideas, but um, that is <laughs> writing it down. Pretty, we could go into what is it, Duplo World or something? But, yeah. <laughs> plug, plug people. And uh, <laughs> and the evil evil bad guy can be the decorative plate collector. <laughs> yes. Hey, we're... now I'm liking it. Now you got me back into the story. <laughs> And he has it, and he and he runs a train station with nothing but trains and decorative plates to drive him around his house. And these two yahoos are trying to stop his empire. This is Greg's okay. dream right now. He yeah, just Chris, wrote his. He just wrote his new series. <laughs> Chris is like, "What the heck are you all talking about?" Back to back to the the real comic, not the fake one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's what fake, but it's going to be real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what can you tell us about the pursuit of pursuit of plastic? So, um, yeah, the story is about these two uh, best friends, um, Casey and Chris. Chris has been missing um, for about five years or so, and he just kind of he went to go empty a garbage and didn't come back. And he shows up again. Um, in Casey's life and he kind of gives him the come with me and very doctor who like come with me we're going to save yes. the the universe and the way that we're going to do it is we have to go to different toy worlds um that are kind of on the brink of collapse because of this evil overlord so uh throughout the comic uh series they'll go to um, different worlds that are based off of like your favorite collectibles. So uh, we're going to go to a He-Man world that's very like Franzetta and, and dripping in that sweet uh, Masters of the Universe art. And then we're going to go to like a Lego world. Um, everything's blocks. There's going to be a Barbie like Amazonian world um, <laughs> and like a G.I. Joe like action and Transformers world. So all these like great 80s and in 90s collectibles that we all grow up with um these two adventurers with their sassy robot uh will be visiting and um trying to help save these worlds from from getting destroyed by the by the bad guy nice excellent chris you want to add anything onto that i could have done it better myself uh <laughs> yeah we're just uh yeah, it's just a lot of homage to, like, like Casey said, those those old toy lines, uh, and also kind of the, the thematic uh, '80s '80s cartoons and how how those were kind of structured and whatnot. So it's just it's just you know, like we said earlier, it's a big lo love letter to everything we grew up with, and uh, we wanted to kind of you know put that in comic form. So what is the plan for this? Is it is it um, planned to be like a four, six um, issue series? Is it supposed to be ongoing as you're all able to? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's it's an, it's going to be an ongoing. We have a lot of ideas. Uh, so right now we, we have ideas for the first arc um, and we're planning everything beyond that. So we're just drawing up the ideas like Casey went over a couple of the different worlds and ideas. So as that kind of gets fleshed out, uh, it'll become you know, worked into the story, but we have, we definitely have, uh, we wrote the first, we wrote the first issue as, um, we wrote everything as the first issue and ended up being two issues. So it was, uh, it was kind of a nice thing to be able to break that into two and, um, uh, 
and have something ready, uh, you know, ready for the next Kickstarter. If this, if this does well from issue to issue, as you go to the world's world, is that going to mean that the, the art's going to change to suit the, the, the toys or is it all going to be consistent? So that is a super good question. And, mm-hmm. um, the idea would be for the art to change. Um, so we actually, and another reason why this kicks, Kickstarter has taken a little while is that we've actually had to switch artists um, in between uh, because of that reason is we're trying to, um, we may end up switching artists almost every arc because of it, depending on the person. But this first issue, the first actually few issues will be um, RJ Silvers, who I actually just kind of found on Instagram. Um, he does really kind of, uh, it's almost like Ren and Stimpy art. Like it's real kind of like over the top cartoony, um, uh, but that that fits the aesthetic of this of this comic, um, at least part of it, right? So when you get to a He-Man world, it really has to take a dramatic change because it it does need to look um, maybe not a hundred percent like it's painted, you know what I mean? But it does have to look uh, way different than in going to. Legoland, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess my thought process, and Chris and I are, are kind of going back and forth on this, is will the characters look like the world, or were the character? I kind of have a feeling that the characters are just kind of look like they look. You know, almost like um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when he goes into the toy or into the cartoon world, he, you know, he's the same. Mario, I'll just say, is the same. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know the the cartoon world is the cartoon world. So um, I know I can't for the life of me I can't remember his name. Like Bob oh, Haskins, 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 right? Yeah, there you go. yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I think that would be funny, just like Doctor Who, right? Where he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't change his look when he goes to like Victoria, London. He's just like, nah, I'll wear these Converse, and <laughs> like people just accept it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it depends on um, who the doctor is. Sometimes they, sometimes they change it. Sometimes they, yeah. they just go whatever. Yeah, leather jacket. Yeah, I always <laughs> think that's funny. Uh, you didn't say what the first world was going to be yet, right? Is that going to be a, a, a surprise for when the Kickstarter comes out? We can, Chris. I think we could say what it what it is. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk yeah. let's talk about that. Let's talk about that first issue and where it kind of starts off. And yeah, why not? Yeah, I in the pocket. <laughs> I actually so you know typically with like hollowed and and how we have things with in fairy, I I kind of have a level of mystery, and we're not going to go and reveal all of our ideas for this because mm-hmm. it is a kind of bigger world but i don't mind giving a little bit more information than we normally would and that's because those first two issues are done issue three is getting worked on we're just launching the kickstarter for the first one because we kind of want to dip our feet in because it is so different than the other comics that we put out but um i'll you know let's let's give a little bit more information and, and say it like so yeah i you know the first world that these two adventurers are going to go to will be the he-man world um and that's going to be the jumping off point to the rest of their adventure so this this first arc of three issues is really introing the characters their mission uh as to what they do and just like the reader um you know there's two ways i think when you're writing something comic movie whatever you could either uh follow uh, the world, and then you just happen to see these adventures or whatever come into it, or you can, or you can be the audience and you can be living through the eyes of of these people. With Chris mm-hmm. being gone for five years or so, he's got a way bigger idea of what is happening. So, in many ways, you're kind of following Casey and Arwen, our robot, as to what is happening and this is insane. And you know what I mean? Like, just like every time the doctor brings one of his companions along, Mm -hmm. you know, are you seeing it from the doctor's point of view or are you seeing it from, you know, Amy Pond's point of view? Yeah, You're you're the proxy. 
yeah. So that's kind of how we're treating how this is, is that there is a giant world and Chris knows way more than he's letting Casey on at first, at least. And, and, you know, for him, it's just another adventure and another, you know, thing that has to be done where everything is constantly blowing Casey's mind and he's just kind of having to like, you know, go along with this. Do you already have the, the tier set up? What you're all going to be offering for the backers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Chris, you take this one. Yeah. So, uh, we, we've got a lot of things lined up. Um, since we have, since we have some books already published with defect comics, uh, it's nice to have that library, uh, to be able to share as well. Uh, but we did plan a lot of things based around the different tier names are based around, uh, you know, phrases from the collectible world. Uh, so we're trying to build that in as much as possible. Uh, as usual, if you want to get your face into the book, uh, we have that option. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, we're not trying to get overcomplicated with it, uh, but we do have some, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of great things planned for that. And hopefully some, you know, we can get working on some stretch goals if the, uh, if the book gets published or gets, gets funded. Do you all have a, like I say, a time frame for when everything should be shipping out, when everything should be printed or anything like that? Or are you kind of seeing how it goes with the, with the current state of the world? I'll tell you, um, I pack a lot of Kickstarters and this this guy right here is uh, one of the, the quickest turnaround people I've ever worked with. Um, so, uh, me? yeah, You're you man, friend. you. I'm I'm just I'm talking you up because uh, I've dealt with things where I've gotten a Kickstarter like four years later, and I'm just like, okay. But yeah, go ahead, Casey. I mean, you've been doing this for a couple couple different books now. Yeah. So um, the artist big advantage of rj is he's uh, very fast <laughs> too fast and and yeah. like hey man just hold off a second we don't need the you know like, don't start on issue three already so um <laughs> you know it's funny because like we we talked last time i was on about hollowed uh issue two and yeah. it got funded super fast i put it out actually in the time frame i think we launched in june and the books were all out in August. Like I actually did my last, um, you know, the international ones took longer because of the state of the world. I will say that international shipping was absolutely horrid. Um, so those guys didn't get their stuff until we lost Casey. Let's see. If you we lost Casey in the middle. <laughs> oh, sorry. There he is. International. Shipping. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm hoping that with this one um, by the, like the beginning of the next year, you know what I mean? Like let's, let's make sure that the U S postal service is still strong. And um, with California being the way that it is like, you know, we got to put in a few months of um, incidentals. So mm -hmm. I'd like to have it shipped out in December. And that's the other thing, right? We got two holidays in between. We got Thanksgiving and Christmas that I got to deal with. So I'd like to have them shipped out in December and then people getting them like the beginning of the year. That's what I, that's my hope. <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, it, 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 so you're, you're taking all the different things that are, I mean, as someone who's also working in doing Kickstarters and yeah. looking at all the different things, you're, you're, you're smart looking ahead, looking at the problems that are, that are potentially there and trying to, uh, troubleshoot as you go, uh, and you know, knowing where success can be, but also where those hidden things lay that just keep popping up. Twenty twenty, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was actually, you know, it's funny. I'm in a, I'm in like a private Kickstarter group with a, a bunch of other creators, um, and we all did Kickstarters in June. Every single one of us, I want to say there was like twenty, thirty of us. We all funded. So yeah. yeah, it's actually been a very good time for Kickstarters. And when you look at Kickstarter, like in general, just across the board, all, you know, I typically just look at like games and comics, but um, everything that I've seen has gotten funded. I really haven't seen a lot of things fail their funding. Um, and I think it's just because like, 
what the heck else am I putting my money into? You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, some people aren't even going to their local comic book shops. And, you know, Chris and I talked about this. We talk about it a lot. But, like, if you notice, like, a lot of Kickstarters, like, Keanu Reeves has a Kickstarter out right now. Scott Mm -hmm. Snyder has a Kickstarter out right now. And they're getting put out by the major publishers, by, like, Image and Boom, etc. But they are doing it on Kickstarter first basically guaranteeing that the fans are going to get these comics in their hands instead of going to their local comic book shops. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Does that cause an issue with the comic book stores for like the big guys to do that? I mean, personally, and, and Chris, you can chime in too. And Greg, I know you've got experience too. Like, I think it's a better option. Like, Am I if am I still gonna get comics for sure? Of course, but I think it's a it's a little bit more of a um, call to these local comic book shops to get more indie stuff in their mm-hmm. shops and not just rely on the big two or four or six or whatever to get in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I had to, I reached out to some of my local comic book shops and they're just like, oh yeah yeah sure yeah this sounds okay, and I'm like, why wouldn't you want to immediately take my comic? You know, even if it was shit and just like say, hey, this local person is putting it out, you know, so it's kind of weird. Like a lot of comic book owners have such a weird backwards mentality. And I'm hoping that this kind of proves them like there is a market out there clearly on these Kickstarters that people want, not just Batman and Spider-Man, even though, you know, those are my favorite yeah. comic heroes. <laughs> You're also uh, you have such like the ability to reach such a larger audience too, uh, yeah. through Kickstarter. And you know, it's, it's, you bring up the Keanu Reeves one and it's like, I pre-ordered issue one and then all of a sudden they launched that Kickstarter. I'm like, I'm more than happy to back that and get those collectible, you know, like we're talking about a collectible, you know, comic based on collectibles and stuff like that, that collectible side of things. I love getting those extra, extra little behind the scenes drawings or, explanations and you know whatever they call them director's cuts in in comics these days but and more uh so just being able to a have that direct line to the creators and just you know be have the creators be able to give so much more back to the fans um yeah i just i just think it's a it's a really good relationship between all all entities involved going back to pursuit of a plastic is there anything that that we want to make sure we touch upon before we, we end the show? No, I, you know, uh, I guess just to say it is a family friendly comic. Um, there's, you know, there's a little adultish humor. Um, and, but we wanted it to be just like toy collecting is like, we kind of wanted it to be accessible to anybody. Um, and, uh, kind of like in the Valiant way, I've noticed is that every arc will be a jumping on point. So if you didn't read the last 10 issues, you know, this new arc will, will catch up. So we want it to be accessible to anybody at any time period um, mm-hmm. during the, the length of the run. Um, and and just, have a, just have a fun time. Like Doctor Who is technically an all-ages show. It can get some spooky times and it can get some little bit crazy times but you know we really want it to be uh fun for everybody so yeah and if you're listening this is a great thing then you could grab this your kids have reading requirements for their classes that are online and comics are a great introduction to to grabbing up stuff and you could share this experience with them exactly (laughs) (laughs) i'm back again guys i'm back in this i I don't even know what the tier what the if you if you tell me there's a freaking action figure here, I'm gonna lose my banana. <laughs> that was an idea. Yeah, that's uh, something that we were trying to cook up. Uh, we can't promise that's gonna be part of the first Kickstarter, but that was uh, that's something definitely we, was a tier. Yeah. yeah, we want maybe down the road. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's something we were really hoping to do. But I'm I'm all, okay. I'm 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 still there. I'm still there. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Before we leave, I want to ask you all to um, to provide or let people know where we can find you on social media. Yeah. Uh, 
so we are at don'tforgettotell.com. Um, that's like our, our normal website. And we'll put all of our DFAT comics stuff on there. But uh, also on Instagram at DFAT Towel and Twitter at DFAT Towel. And, um, of course, if you're just coming in, um, it's funny. Actually, I got to say thank you guys always uh, because I'll get new backers uh, based off the podcast. And they, they I don't know why your listeners decide to tell me that they listen to the show and that's where they came from, but I, which I love. And I wanted <laughs> to tell you guys, cause sometimes I forget to do it. But um, if you're just coming, uh, you just listen to this podcast and you just go straight to Kickstarter. If you, if you look up my name, I think, you know, I originally registered it under my name. So if you look up Casey Bowker, um, you can see the other comics that we've done. And we actually have an Etsy store with the old comics. Um, that you can get from there or obviously you can always contact us on social media. We're, we're always happy to take your money uh, to put it towards new <laughs> comics because they just go right back into funding more comics, honestly. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, uh, all, all the above. Uh, also, you know, I don't forget to tell you can check out our podcast network. Uh, we do a couple different shows. Uh, Towel I talk is our news, our geekly news show, all about different, uh, you know, parts of uh, parts of pop culture and comics and movies and all that stuff. And also, we do a Star Wars podcast called Star Warriors. That's kind of a roundtable discussion uh, of all things Star Wars. So yeah, a cool. couple shows and defect comics, and don't forget a towel. Nice, nice. Like I said, this is going to be coming out the. Most likely it's gonna be the Sunday before the 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 Kickstarter comes out, awesome. so uh, I'll update the the website um, with any samples and thing like that that or the Kickstarter links that that come in as as they're available. So you guys, if um, if you're listening to this after the Kickstarter starts, you can definitely uh, click on the links in the in the description to get over to to fund that Kickstarter, Chris. Casey, I want to thank you very much for joining us again here on Nerd from the Crypt. Um, you guys are always welcome back, Casey. Like I said before, you're always more welcome to to uh, to come back on and uh, bring any other any other friends um, that you have to back on the show because uh, the friends of the crypt keep growing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love you guys. I always have a great time on here, and um, like I said, you guys have really great. Uh, listeners too who support you obviously and then they also support the creators um, who you feature or creators of anything you know I know you guys talk to not just you know Kickstarter people but um, <laughs> yeah so I always have a great time and I really appreciate you having us having us on this morning oh, I was just gonna thank you guys very much okay guys welcome back now we're going to be hearing my interview with Tony McMillan and his graphic novel serious creatures Serious Creatures is a story of a teenage special effects artist working in Hollywood, riding the new wave of practical effects that carried the movie revolution of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We don't only talk about this project, we also talk about some of the favorite horror films. Without further ado, here's the interview. Alrighty, so today I'm going to be joined by Tony McMillan, creator of Serious Creatures. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing really good. It's great to be on the show. Thanks so much. Well, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, and thank you for reaching out, because uh, I would... Probably have not um, found this project uh, in such a short amount of time that that I started doing these these um, these episodes. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm as happy as you are, so <laughs> it's a good deal. <laughs> so um, let me get some some background information from you first. What's your your background as far as in the industry? Yeah, so um, I um, am an artist and writer. And I make comic books. I also write uh, prose novels, and I've written a horror novel called An Augmented Fourth, and another novel called Nefarious Twit. And I've done some journalism, and I've been in uh, some independent films, which are they're not good, and I'm not good in them, but I've done that on the side too. But ma but basically, yeah, I, I'm a, a huge horror fan, and I've created some horror um, stories in different mediums. Uh, and also, I my new story, Serious Creatures, I'm calling it a horror-adjacent coming-of-age comedy. So there's definitely some um, some scary shit going down in there. <laughs> as far as uh, the horror part, you said you're you're a big horror fan. Oh, yeah. Um, have, you, have you been a fan of horror since you were a little kid, or did that start <laughs> yeah. a little bit later? 
Oh, no, definitely. It's, it's funny. I was thinking about this. Uh, when I was, uh, I think, age nine, my mom got me uh, Friday the 13th, one through eight on VHS. And she's like, here you go. I was like, oh, you're the best mom ever. <laughs> and uh, my mom was super like classic American mom where it was, um, you know, fast forward past the boobs. Watch your decapitation. It's totally fine. But don't look at those nipples. That's just, that's wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how my parents were. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> stupid. But like that's, that was, so that was my, um, my first, uh, I think, big horror um love was friday the 13th and it's one of those things where i st- i watch like the eight hour documentary about all the films and they're not great films really but it's it's so ingrained in me that i love friday the 13th still so if there's a new film i'll watch it whatever but i I've, I've loved horror since then i think that's uh something that actually has surprised me in the last uh, couple of uh weeks and a couple of times that we've interviewed people is that they have not been fans of horror since they were little kids, and it actually surprises me. I'm like, man, I just, I just thought people who were horror fans, like, just like you know, people who I've been on, have on the show, had just been fans since they were little kids, and it, it just surprises me that they, they didn't get start watching movies, horror movies, until they're like in college or something. Yeah, that kind of trips me out too, because like to me, you have to sort of build up a thick skin in a way. I, I, like I've had like girlfriends and and a few male friends too, like who are more into horror films, and we watch something, you know, in our twenties together, and they'd be freaked out and i'm like this is like cabin in the woods or whatever this is not even scary this is fun like what do you how do you we can't watch anything good now like you have you don't have a you don't have it built up yet <laughs> yeah so as far as uh modern stuff or stuff that's going on right now what what type of uh horror movies or or, or books or whatever do you do you like uh going yeah, yeah. into so you know, you know, right now, I I don't like the term uh, like what do they call it like thinking man's horror or avant garde horror, but there is a lot of great horror films being filmed and and right now released, and so I've loved uh, Hereditary. I liked uh, mm-hmm. I liked um, uh, the Witch. I thought the Witch was probably one of the best of the newer ones. I liked Babadook, um, but I, I also still like um, uh, like it's funny. I think it's a, it's kind of divisive, but I liked Cabin in the Woods from a few years back. I, I think it's, it's a satire and it has, has some fun to it, but um, I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of um, horror writers and, and horror fans uh, who kind of like dismissed it. They thought it was taking a piss take on horror. And I was like, no, I thought it was a love letter. I thought like that mm-hmm. scene when they, um they show every cube and there's like, there's like, the Hellraiser analog and there's like this, and there's like, there's all these little Easter eggs, and it's like this—they're just telling you right there. Hey, we love all the same stuff you do. Which we just want to like pay tribute. They had Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney, uh, Sigourney Weaver in there, and she's like the classic final girl. It's like they're just trying to tell you, like this is for you. So I dug that a lot. Um, also, what I love about horror is such there's such a rich history that I'm constantly discovering old stuff that I have not seen, and a lot of times it's a uh, uh, foreign stuff, European stuff. And so I'm, um, you know, I'm going through like some Italian horror stuff now, and um, I, I I liked Suspiria when I was a kid, and so I finally am getting around to watch some of his other films besides Suspiria. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I love Crazy Pink Blood. So I love- <laughs> 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 that's funny. It's like that Italian things. blood. Yeah, yeah, Italian blood. It's, it's funny. I I went to Italy for a trip uh, a couple years ago, and there's like a little um little knickknack shop that has a bunch of uh, it's it's all about horror stuff and horror films and horror books and uh, Jello books, you know, and like they had um. It had like a vial of the, the fake blood and it, it looks like this Kool-Aid. It's melted down. I was like, oh, God. And um, I, I love that stuff. Although it's rewatching some some old horror films when the blood is really fake. It's actually grosser to me. Like I watched, um, uh, was it Brain Dead, the, the Peter Jackson uh, New Zealand film, the uh, Dead mm-hmm. Alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blood in there is so pink. It just it looks like when you cook a steak and it's there's like that pink film comes out. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into the into the project. Sure. Serious Creatures, a horror adjacent coming of age comedy. That's how it's that's how you titled it here on Kickstarter. What is Serious Creatures about? Serious Creatures is about uh, a 14 year old kid named Bobby Feckle who, in 1974, wanders onto a movie set, and it's in New England. And the movie being filmed is about a shark terrorizing a small New England town, and the film is called Thin because I don't have the rights to Jaws. <laughs> and basically, Bobby, um, he's a big monster uh, movie aficionado, and he loves uh, creature features. And he meets a guy named Jack Barber, who's a special effects artist. And Jack Barber takes a look at Bobby's uh, art portfolio and goes, hey, kid, you should work with me. And this sets Bobby Feckle at age 14 on a path to be working in Hollywood films in the 70s. And he's right there at the pocket when practical effects 
kind of fuel films like Jaws and Star Wars into um, blockbuster films. That's the era of blockbuster movies, and it takes over the industry. And so he's right there at that age, 14, growing up alongside the industry into the 80s, into the 90s, into the CGI boom kind of takes over and wipes everybody out. And so this story, you know, it sounds kind of like, oh, that that's that sounds great, but that wouldn't happen. It actually happened a couple times to uh, young people in the 70s. Uh, Rob Bottin's the chief influence and also Rick Baker and, and Rob Bottin was age 14 where he showed his art portfolio and he got a job. And so that guy had been work. Yeah. He'd been working in films since age 14. And eventually he does at age, I think uh, 21, he does the thing, which is his masterpiece. And I, um, when I first start understanding how young he was, I, um, I was like, there's a story here. That's, that's a, that's like almost famous meets like Fangoria. That's, that's something I would be all about. And so since no one else is going to do it, I was like, I, I'll do it. So 200 pages is a is a big book. Is that uh, is this a series that you're collecting? Is this something that is brand new? What what are we looking at? Yeah, so um it's actually it's a series of I I've already uh published uh six uh, individual issues and I sold them to subscribers and through some comic shops and through my Etsy shop and I they keep selling out which is you know, I'm, I'm bragging, but it's also, it's really nice. So, um, <laughs> so it's, it's double bragging, but no, I, I, it keeps selling out. And so it makes more sense to collect them anyways, instead of this reprinting, like, you know, the issues that keep selling out. And it also gave me a chance to, um, repackage it all in the one big, big volume and also do some behind the scenes stuff. So there's going to be like, uh, character design sheets. I have six different essays from different filmmakers and comic book artists and journalists and authors who, um, are writing about special effects and their love of horror films and their love of uh, monster movies in general. And those are all included in the, in the trade paperback, the collection. And um, I've also done this thing, which I'm, I'm working on right now, which I'm, it's really, really fun is uh, I'm calling it the cartoonist commentary. And so basically like a director's commentary, I'm going to walk you through every single page of this. And there's something in- interesting. There's an Easter egg. There's a personal anecdote. There's a, a, a weird uh, personal choice I made as far as design goes. I'm going to mention it, and I made it this huge uh, PDF that you can um, basically download, and you can look at it while you go through the book. And so I'll like hold your hand and go like, "This is why I did this. This is that." It's it, it's it's been pretty fun because like you know I want to do that for every project, but this thing is there's so many references in it. I it's so dense with that. I think it's kind of fun if you want to know exactly what I'm I'm I'm, I'm having I'm showing you here. Uh, you know this is it for you. So are you both the writer and artist on this? This is all me, man. I, I done I do everything. So I, I I drew it, I wrote it, I lettered it, I colored it, and um, it's it's one of those things where I, I've I've been in I've been in rock bands. I've uh, worked uh, collaborated on um, independent film, and I've uh, done a few other things with with other people. And uh, I I'm just terrible to work with, apparently. And so I'd rather just do it myself. <laughs> but it, it's 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 a control thing. But it's also um when it comes to comic books. I really kind of like when um there's there's one person at the helm sometimes you, you get you get someone's total voice and um comics unlike um unlike film for instance film even if you have an alter director and, and you can go oh I, that's a stanley kubrick movie or that's john carpenter even so they have tons of collaborators and, and mm-hmm. it's not just their voice it can't be they have the work of actors they have cinematographers there's, there's just so many people that have their hand in this thing with a comic book you can have just one person you can have uh just you know one voice for better or for worse so um it's kind of cool to, to I'm doing this comic book exactly the way I want to do it. Um, there's, there's no one telling me that's terrible. That's, or that's a little much, or I don't really get that. It, it's all me. And so it's kind of nice to see art like that. And I think my art, and I mean my actual drawing style, but also my, my storytelling, it's uh it's very made by human hand. And so it's not like, uh, it's not, su- uh, super computer, um, perfect, or it's, you can see, you can literally see my thumbprints on the art. I use that as a technique. So it's, it's very much like, um, it's like, it's like when your mom makes you a hamburger, it's not like a McDonald's burger. It might be, a, it might be a little <laughs> sloppy and it might be some stuff hanging up the side, but that's, it's all heart and your mom made that for you. And so I, I'm, I'm your comic book mom. I made you this book. My, the, the um, art style itself reminds me of um, another another creator we've had on the on the um, Nurse from the Crypt podcast, uh, which was is Lyndon White. It's not it's not exactly, and they're not they're not um, what's it called? His his is more um, digital paint brushes, right? This one looks more more hand drawn, but it has this, that like that color. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if even the the term is correct or not, but like like, like a color wash um, look to it. 
Yeah. Like, so it's funny. Um, my books, I, I, I'm not r- railing against CGI and movies per se, but there's a little bit of that because I like practical effects. But in my comic book, I hand draw it all, but the color is digital, but I try really hard to make it look like watercolor and make it look like crayon mm-hmm. and make it look like tangible things. And so it's it's funny. I'm kind of cheating in a way because like I'm getting the best of like uh, the digital stuff, but I'm trying to make it look as authentic and old fashioned as, as I can get away with. That's exactly how he does it. So I was actually pretty pretty right on as far as, yeah <laughs> as far as comparing those two. No, it, it looks it looks awesome. Um, oh, thanks. There's like detail, and then there's some like a little bit. Little more, it looks a little bit a little bit more ab- abstract on some of the things. So it it looks pretty cool. Oh, thanks a lot. It's one of those things where um. I was talking about this uh, with uh, some other people recently about how it took me a while to realize it, but um, if you if you you can be a second rate anybody else, like you could be a second rate Jim Lee or Tom McFarlane or whatever, whoever you love, but you'll always be a second rate, even if you you think you surpass them at what they do. They originated it, so the, mm-hmm. they're going to be the number one. So you might as well try to lean into what you do best. And I, I in the last few years, I feel like I'm kind of figuring out this is me. Like I, when I draw, like if I, if I see something familiar, familiar, you know, I, I don't gravitate towards it. Like, like oh, that looks like a Frank Miller line. But if I start going, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, I go, let's keep, keep following that. Keep doing that. And, and I, and I feel like that's kind of led me to a, some good places artistically. Let's talk about the, the rewards that people can get. Yeah. Kickstarter is great. Cause not only do you get to back, any creators, but you also get some um, little bonus things um, along the way based on what tier you decide to, um, to go with. So what uh, what different tiers do you have or are available with the project? Yeah. So the, the first two tiers are um, I, five and ten dollars. And those are, um, you know, you basically for five dollars, you get a digital download of my art book called Bounce House. And this is uh, out of print. It's been uh, I think it's three years old now. And this is um, uh, various drawings I've done of different like pop culture figures. So the cover is like Teen Wolf. There's um, monster stuff. There's like Dracula's Robocop. There's like Predator, Alien, all, all these films I love. There's also comic book stuff. There's like Wolverine, there's Batman and the creature from the Black Lagoon, the Bride of Frankenstein. There's all these different figures I love. And they're, they're just my rendition of them. So for five bucks, you get a digital download of that. And it's, I think it's like 60 pages. It's a lot of art. So for 10 bucks, you get... Um, you get that book as well as my new art book, which is called Tone. And Tone is kind of cool because I uh, just recently in the last year developed a – it's almost like a, a second style. I have like a second family in another town. Like I've been doing a, a – it's a digital halftone. So it looks like um, – if you're familiar with like old-fashioned comics, the screen tone and halftones are these little dots of color that you see on stuff. Like in the recent movie uh, um, Into the Spider-Verse, they do a lot of that where – if you look at old comic books, like when someone's skin tone, it's actually a bunch of little dot colors. So I am mm-hmm. just painting with just the dot colors. There's no other lines. And so I've done like, there's a really gnarly Jason Voorhees in there. And there's a different, uh, there's again, more pop culture figures done in this new style. And so really proud of that. So you get those digital downloads, but then the next thing is um, 15 bucks. And for 15 bucks, you get those art books, but you also get a digital download of serious creatures, which is, um, the full book uh, in digital form, and you'll get, of course, also my cartoonist commentary with that. And then after that, this is like this is the the the, the big one. Twenty five bucks, you get the actual physical book of Serious Creatures. It's gonna be a thick, handsome volume of the comic book. You get all those art books. You get a digital download. You get the cartoonist commentary digital download. And then afterwards, which I think is kind of uh, fun, is um uh f- for um. You know, I, I think it's uh, 25 bucks. It is 45 bucks. I had to remember the, the, the math here. For 45 bucks, you get um, serious creatures, but you also get my graphic novel, Lumen. Lumen is a 165-page uh, horror fantasy novel about a world of uh, uh, endless night and a hero who uh, has a, a special suit and a lantern. And he's uh, looking for um, this. the only light source is this um, sort of algae that grows on the surface called Lumen. And he's fighting all these fungus monsters, these giant mushroom creatures. It's it's sort of like Metroid meets H.R. Giger with a little bit of Adventure Time because he's a young kid. It's a really fun, action-packed book. So you get that book as well. And moving on, the other tiers are all basically um, you get um, some original art from me. Because I, I, I love uh, drawing. I, I draw a lot of times straight to ink on the page. And so I have a really cool, loose style, I think. And so I include sketches of that. Um, and, and then if uh, the, the higher the tier goes, eventually I have commissions where you can choose a character. I'll do it, my version of it. And I also have a lot of art. Uh, I, I, I draw all the time. So I have a lot of 
really great art, I think, that um, I'm not doing anything with. So basically, the higher tiers, you can also get um, six pieces chosen by me to give to you. And the the one thing, too, is um, if you're a realtor, if you if you own a shop, I have four tiers just for you. And these tiers have um, basically, um, it's a 50-50 break, and I'll pay for shipping. And you can get uh, copies of Serious Creatures and copies of Lumen. And I should also state that all all the tiers, uh, if you get a physical book, I'm going to sign it. Unless you explicitly say, don't sign this. I will sign <laughs> everything. Someone asked me recently, I was like, yeah, I'm signing. I'll sign it. You send me a book I haven't written. I'll sign that. I don't care. Like, So everything's going to be signed. And um, the, like the highest tiers, I'm actually looking forward to doing commissions because I only do it once in a while. And it's kind of fun to see what people throw at me. Although it's also kind of, what's interesting is... um. All things people are like, oh, I want to give you something you never drawn before. I'm like, that's great. You, you know, maybe it'll, it'll be terrible. You should probably give me something I've done before. But, you know, either way, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to do it. <laughs> that's something that I've actually seen a lot more lately. Packets or these tiers that are specifically aimed at, at the retailers. Yeah, yeah. And it's something I've only recently become aware of. I was like, oh, of course, you, that makes total sense. And I've had a few retailers reach out, and, and are, which are doing it, which are great. You know, so I'm very jazzed about that. So as far as issue to issue you said it's six issues that you're you're collecting here how long did it take you from from one issue to the next to to actually get all six done gotcha so um i'm I'm a pretty fast artist but life uh life found a way to fuck me over uh no what happened basically was um it took me a year to do six issues and some of them are oversized like the last issue is 40 pages it's almost a double issue but um, right between issue one and two, um, I my wife had our first baby, which is awesome. Oh, it was, yeah, it was yeah. great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, and I, I was so um, arrogant. I was like, oh, that won't slow me down. And it, it slowed me down <laughs> a little bit, turns out. Uh, but um, it's it, so that slowed me down a little bit. But um, what also was um, like, like my previous series, Lumen, I did four issues of that. And I got that done uh, basically monthly. I think one issue might have been a couple weeks late. And I, I figured that, that I could uh, apply it to Serious Creatures. But Serious Creatures is a little more in-depth. And the issues are longer. And also, um, I, I guess I was a little more thoughtful about how I made it in a lot of ways. And um, the, the, another difference is to get a little, like, uh, uh, nitty-gritty comic book stuff is, like, doing Lumen was a fantasy series on a fantasy landscape full of, like, crazy um, – nothing looked like the real world. Serious Creatures takes place in our world, so I'm drawing buses and, and – buildings and and basically regular everyday stuff and and it takes more time to draw a bunch of telephone poles and wires and and to get you know an exterior looking the way it should than it does to, to draw a cool hr giger mountainscape or whatever so all that kind of contributed to it took a year to do six issues and um it's a it was a bi-monthly book or i forget if that means by means to a month but the point is every two months an issue came out and um but it was it was honestly the the biggest artistic artistic blast i've ever had i i, I still feel kind of at a high like i feel like oh man this is the best thing i've done yet and um what's cool about serious creatures is like these six issues tell a complete story but there is room for a sequel which i'm going to do which will be six more issues which will complete the final part of the saga um because it, it's it's three decades basically in in filmmaking in, in in horror films and monster films so there's a lot of ground to cover with, with this story so, uh, you definitely have something mapped out already for for uh, the next the next book. Yeah, like I, I don't want to spoil the first volume, but basically, um, the story of Bobby Feckle is loosely based in the career of Rob Bottin, and Rob Bottin's biggest film is The Thing, which comes out in 1981. So, the first arc of the story takes Bobby uh, up until basically 1980, and he's right on the precipice of doing his version of The Thing. And so, um, the first volume deals. The biggest thing is basically these these two uh, competing werewolf films and one's called um, a Connecticut werewolf in, in uh, King Arthur's court. And the other one's called uh, snarl. And that's basically their equivalents of uh, American werewolf and the howling. And so the sort of dueling werewolf films that him and his mentor are, are both making. So that was kind of the big uh, thrust of the first arc. The second arc is going to be about um, the thing. And what's really interesting about Rob Bottin and the thing. And I thought this is something I had, had to tackle was that, this is Rob Bottin, and some would argue, and I, I would argue, this is John Carpenter's um, peak. This is probably the best thing they've, they've done. And it was a, a kind of a flop at the box office. It didn't do great. It, it changed the trajectory of both their careers for for to, for for ill. And so John Carpenter, you know, his career was never exactly the same, and he never got so, – some of the things he, he wanted to do, he didn't get a chance to do because the film was a, a flop. Yet, 
only eight or 10 years later, it gets reevaluated and it becomes known as a classic. And then it becomes known as this is one of the best uh, sci-fi horror films ever made. And I thought it would be really interesting to do a character whose who's, who's masterpiece is also the is the worst mistake they've ever made. And that's going to be what we tackle in the second volume, which is going to be called uh, Now Leaving the Golden State. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, um, the, the the thing is one of our favorite horror movies. Um, actually, among one of the favorites are everyone who, who comes on here. So... Is there anything that I'm that I'm forgetting to to ask about about uh, Kickstarter or the Kickstarter project or Serious Creatures that uh, you want to make sure that we talk about? Um, I just want to one one last little brag thing. I will say um, I was really happy and uh, sort of surprised that uh, I got funded in two days. So um, which is great. I'm st- you know obviously I want to reach uh, more readers and more people, mm-hmm. but um, in two days the project um, definitely. There's an audience for the project. People want to see the story. I think it's a little different, a little unique. And so two days in, it got funded. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's even better than I thought. So it's 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 still, it's a, it's a snowball. It's just, it keeps on gathering mass. So I think it's great. So if, if you like uh, horror films or film history, or if you like just, um, if you like special effects especially, I think this story would, would definitely uh, appeal to you. You should check it out. Awesome. Well, Tony. I want to thank you very much. I very interested in, in seeing um, where you go with the story. And um, I mean, people want to see it, right? Uh, they were able to get you funded pretty quickly. So, so um, we hope to get to hear more from you. Uh, let us know if you have anything else coming out in the future, or this part two of this one or any other, any other project that you have going on. And I'll be make sure to, and I'll make sure to go ahead and uh, put it out there that you were coming out with something else. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. This is, this is a blast. Well, my pleasure. We'll need to need to get you back on here for uh, for one of the movie reviews. Um, I, I'm I'm way down. I'll talk about any of this. <laughs> so, have, have you guys done Return to the Living Dead yet? We have not. We have not. We uh, we started off as um, just nothing but movie reviews, right? But when we started doing the creator reviews, we've actually done more creator reviews now than we have um, done movie reviews, mainly because. Uh, when I, I get like you to come on or I get anybody to come on and they're have a Kickstarter, I don't want to sit on those episodes for, for a week or two weeks. Cause right. you know, it's very important to get those out quickly. So um, I just, I pretty much, uh, I'm not abandoned, but I'll push the, the ones that we've recorded on movies to the side to be able to keep working on these so that I can go ahead and get these out um, as soon as possible and no, put that, them out that there. Makes, that makes sense. But yeah, I'm down for anything. I would love, especially, especially that movie. I have been hankering to talk about that. So it'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll have to get you back on here one of these days to talk about a movie or, or you, that movie. Um, I'm pretty sure that's, that's that, that should be coming up. Um, I don't think we have promised that movie to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. All right, cool. Cool. Well, once again, Tony, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's pair of interviews. Once more, if you would like to be featured on one of these episodes or in the blog, write to us at nerdsfdc at gmail.com. You can also use the contact us page or messenger app on our website, nerdsfcc.com. Can't wait to hear from you guys, and we'll see you guys next time. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.